The book is called Gazing into Glory, and joining me on the phone today is Bruce Allen from Stillwaters International Ministry. So first off, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. Awesome. I'm excited. So your book, Gazing into Glory, was phenomenal. You talked a lot about this topic, this mysterious topic that it seems to have so many definitions among people known as the glory. And then you also touched on the topic of things like trans relocation, which is also... Uh, we're starting to hear more and more of it, which so it's it's a little bit of an out there topic, but not as out there as you might think. So uh, I'd like to talk to you mainly about those two things today. And as we start, I would like to maybe lay out some definitions. So when people say the glory, what are we talking about? Well, to to me and my understanding of scripture, uh, the glory is actually the atmosphere of heaven that precedes the presence of the King of Heaven. So in the glory, we're looking at the atmosphere of heaven. When people say that there's they're operating in the glory or they're releasing the glory, what exactly is happening in those cases? Well, we have to define some things. An anointing is something that's upon your life that God has given you for ministry. The glory is another level of of operation in the spirit. That's actually when you step aside and allow God to move in extraordinary ways. It's 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 uh Quantum leaps are higher than than anointing because it's actually the the very atmosphere of heaven and the presence of God that operates. What the Lord showed me uh, some years ago was, you know, we're always crying out for God's glory, and I think there's a misnomer because we haven't fully developed an understanding of what we're asking. According to Scripture, we are seated with Christ together in heavenly places. Now, that's not just a positional mandate or a a, a nice saying in Scripture. Literally, when you were born again and your spirit became alive to the things of the Spirit, you are seated as the body of Christ with Him right now in heavenly places. So the real you, the spirit man, you're, you're already in glory. Now, we also have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within us. The kingdom of heaven is within, so we have the glory within us. So my question began to be, wait a minute, if I'm already in the glory and the glory is already in me, what am I crying out for with, with when, I, when I'm asking for the glory? And I began to realize something. I'm already asking God, I'm asking him for something he's already invested in me because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So I changed my, my confession and started saying, Father, teach me how to walk in this realm of glory. That changed everything in my life. And when this first started for you, what was the kind of the first inkling of it? How did it actually begin, and how did you start to know that there was something different going on? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, it, part of it started with a, uh, a simple request of the Lord. You know, I traveled to a lot of uh, tropical climates in, in our ministry around the world, and uh, one of them being Fiji, where my wife is from. And um, I got tired of mosquitoes. I, I mean, I like to say they would, you know, come come to me in formation like, you know, World War II, the bombers, and they'd mm-hmm. all begin to feast, and uh, they go away singing this power in the blood, of course. But <laughs> but um, it was that, that uh, and a heart's cry. I said, Father, give me a strategy. Show me how to, to stop this, because I've heard of other ministers and ministries that gained revelation, and it was never a problem. And so he started me on a, uh, a journey of discovery of the glory. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 4, four verses 5 and 6, um, God creates over 
the, every dwelling in, in Mount Zion, every individual in the body. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and over all, the glory should be a defense. And I was fascinated and began to study that and, and read that, and I began to understand more about the operation of the glory, and without going into two hours of sermon here, what I discovered is death, decay, corruption cannot abide in the presence of the glory. And so with that revelation that God released to me, and with the instruction of the Holy Spirit, I just began within my heart, I didn't even say this out loud the first few times, to release the glory, release the deposit that was within me. As Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is within you. And so I began to stir up this this presence of the glory and, and release it. And it was absolutely amazing. Mosquitoes wouldn't come near me. Pestilence stopped coming near me. I mean, it, it, just phenomenal things. And um, that was that was the genesis of this. I began there. And, and as I progressed and as the Lord has added more revelation, we've seen many amazing miracles. And, and others have received the revelation, have been walking in extraordinary miracles just by understanding they already abide in the glory and the glory is in them. What kind of miracles can you share? Can you give me like a couple examples of something kind of crazy and out there? What like what kind of things have people seen from this? Well, here I can talk about my first off. I'll share about my my teeth. Anybody that's had a toothache understands the pain that comes with that. But right after the Lord had given me this revelation, I had four bad teeth, one in each quadrant of my mouth, and it was agonizing. And finally, after standing in faith and doing everything I know to do in exhaustion, I said, Lord, what are you saying? He said, release the glory. And so within my heart, I just said, I released the glory into my mouth. And immediately the pain, like a a drain being unplugged, just drained away and my mouth was healed. Uh, Other people have taken it. There was a lady in Pennsylvania when we were teaching this that uh, her battery had died. This was uh, 2008, right after the, the downturn, and her husband had lost his job. She had lost her job. There's no money to get a new battery. So everywhere she went, she'd bring her battery cables and ask somebody to jump the car. She heard the message, and she went out, laid her hand on her batteries, and commanded and released the glory and in, in life back into the battery. Mm-hmm. And it was fully charged and never, never <laughs> discharged again. Oh, wow. Uh, and things like a, a, a farmer heard the message. He had a tractor that had sat in the barn for six years up on blocks because it wasn't functioning. He went and laid hands on it, took it off the blocks, started it up, and it runs like brand new. Uh, physical healings. We've seen people release this in their own body, their own temple, and be instantly healed. And so I, and, and we've got to understand something. We can, we can say something and say something and say something, and eventually that might bring us to the place of revelation. But once you have revelation, when you speak, life is released. And that's what I'm seeing. And it, and it goes on and on. We get testimonies oh, every week through, via email of, of these things taking place. So as you travel around the world, you've obviously been to several places, and uh, I think you mentioned this in your book about kind of how the Western church and the Western mindset factor into this. Can you speak to that a little bit about in our Western church, how kind of some of our more naturalistic Greek kind of thinking may get in the way of this? I like, I like the example of Mary when Gabriel came to visit her in Luke chapter 1. Here's Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, the messenger of heaven, comes to deliver a message to Mary, 
what's what, number one, Mary's not even surprised at an angelic visitation. What strikes her is what kind of a greeting is this? Hmm. You see, so there's a cultural picture there. The supernatural activated in a life was not so overwhelming that it was that much of a surprise. Right, right. But at the same time, her reason was, what kind of a greeting is this? What do you communicate? And he says, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a son and bear the Messiah. Well, then eventually she said, I don't understand, but be it done unto me according to your word. And then nine months later, she understood. And so here we have a, a, a perfect picture that faith comes before understanding. Mm, very good. In the Western world, we want to understand, and then we'll try and exercise faith. But it, we've got it totally reversed. If we would just learn to believe God's word without our intellect having to grasp the minutia of intent. If we learn to trust God, we would understand because faith activates. That is brilliant. I absolutely like that. Faith comes before understanding. That's uh, and that's a huge thing. And you know, I know um, from my experience, I struggle with that a lot because I like to know how things work, and then it's like, okay, let's do it. But you know, everything in the kingdom seems to be you know backwards. You want to be first, you got to be least. So it's a lot of times we got to switch this thing around a little bit. Yeah. In your book, you talk about not only the glory and releasing the glory, but then you get into the topic of translation by faith. Now, could you define what that is for us? Yeah, well, uh, boy, about 2001, I guess it was. I awakened one morning, and, and I, I just like to sit there for a minute and greet the morning and greet the Lord. And Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, can a man be translated by faith? And to be frank, that just kind of threw me, because I'm like, What? <laughs> and finally, I said, well, if he's asking me, it must be because it's real. So I said, yes, sir, I believe so. And so he said, well, good, prepare. I'm thinking, well, how in the world do I do that? He said, I just told you by faith. So for the next few days, I, I was, you know, I was mulling this over going, what in the world are you talking about? Forgetting the only instance I really recognized in Scripture was Acts chapter 8 with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, who was baptizing him when they came out of the water instantly he was taken translocated 28 miles away to Azokis. that's the only one i would have recognized but i i mean this this has never been on my radar to study this so i was pondering and pondering and going what in the world are you talking about lord well i i teach at that time i would teach once in a while in a bible school in uh, spokane washington and one of the persons who ran the school called and said, you know, this is strange, but I, I had a dream with you in it the other night, and uh, you were teaching an unusual course in the school. I said, really, what was that? She said, translation by faith. Now, immediately, obviously, that grabbed my attention. I'm going, what? And and so she said, yeah, and you, you taught up to the first break and said, that if any of you want the rest of this lesson, you have to follow me, and you vanished, and only three of the students were able to follow you. So three out of 12, there were only 12 students in the class, got the revelation. I went, are you kidding? I said, do you remember the scriptures in the dream that I was using? She did. She wrote them down. And so this is how supernatural this has been for me, this discovery. I started studying those scriptures. And that's, as God began to release this revelation, I was in awe and also uh, a little bit I'll say fearful in the in the respect of reverence on you know, of God because I'm like, what in the world are you trying to show me? So I started from Genesis and went all the way through Revelation, 
And I studied every area that I could of certain specific words in Scripture, and God began to unfold something for me that I had never seen. Now, Genesis chapter 5, it says that Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. And before he was taken, okay, so it says God took him. But the Lord specifically said to me, can a man be translated by faith? Well, I tried to reason this out. Okay, Enoch, you can't walk with God without faith, so obviously he had faith. But in Hebrews 11.5, says, By faith, Enoch was translated, or literally transported. And I went, wait a minute. Enoch exercised his faith. It was his idea. I said, okay, Lord, I see that. And so then he said, not only that, Jesus said, I'm bringing this down because there's so much in this. But in John 14, 12, 14, he said, the works I do, can you do also and greater? He didn't say the works I did, what I'm doing. Well, okay, that includes what he did, but what he's doing now. So Jesus, after the day of uh, resurrection, for 40 days, he would step into the room. He would step from one dimension to another. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. Jesus can do this. I'm in Christ. I'm the body of Christ. I'm seated with him. He's, so what he does, I can do. And I began to ponder this and go over this. And again, many other scriptures that, that are discussed in the book. But, so I just began to pray. say, you know what, Lord? You're giving me revelation. I'm, I'm ready for my first lesson. Well, I thought I was. So... I'm driving from Seattle, Washington to Spokane, Washington, which is about a five and a half hour drive. Some friends I know have sped and made it in four hours, but I, I don't care to do that. So my friend and I laid hands on the dashboard of the car. We started worshiping God. And, and this is what threw me. We did the drive in less than two hours. I remember every turn in the road going through the, the pass and through the mountains and across. the. We stopped for lunch and filled up with gas. Less than two hours, and I, I just went to I said, what in the world was that, God? And, and he showed me, now let's, I have to explain this verbally. You take a ruler of 12 inches. Mm-hmm. The shortest distance between two points we've always learned, this is a Greco-Roman mindset, is a straight line. Mm-hmm. So he cut out eight inches. He said, unless you're God. And then he said, the shortest distance is actually being there. Huh. which really threw me. So I started, wow. I thought, oh my goodness, i got to start studying physics again. <laughs> so I started reading some on physics and met a awesome brother, Dr. David Vancouver, in quantum physicist. We've had some extraordinary conversations and done conferences together on this. So that was my, I thought my first lesson, but it wasn't. It was my second lesson. But, but that's the first one I exercised faith for. And so... I began to really understand not only is this possible, not only is it scriptural, but if I don't put the Word of God into practice in my life, I probably won't walk in this. So from that day on, my wife and I practice all the time. Everywhere we go, I mean, we pack our suitcases and we grab hold and say, okay, Father, we're ready. We're, We're exercising our faith and we're believing for this. And um, it, it's been interesting to watch what God's done. Um, the next lesson in the, in, in the whole thing was after about a year of chewing on all of these experiences and all the word and the revelation he was given, I said, okay, Father, I, I believe I'm ready for my next lesson. 
I was in my office at home, praying and walking. All of a sudden, I'm standing in what looked like the stars. It was absolutely... When I say this, I'm talking about an experience where if you step from one room to another, you're there physically, you've experienced it, you see it, you smell it, you feel it. It was just, it was, whether in the body or out of the body, that's how real it was. You can't tell the difference. I'm standing there and I'm just blown away. And I thought, what in the world is it? But no fear, because I'd asked my father, quote unquote, for bread. I knew he wasn't going to give me a stone. I trusted him. So here I am standing there going, what in the world? And I looked to my right and way off in the distance, and I can't tell you how far I saw a little door because it was so far away, and it was a door of light. And I looked, and he said, go ahead. Well, when God speaks, I do something by faith. So I turned towards it and took a step, and immediately I stepped into a vacant office. It was in, uh, you know, it was about... Oh, 820 square feet, maybe. In downtown Sydney, Australia, how do you know? Because the word of knowledge, I I just knew. It was an empty office, and I'm looking outside, and I could recognize, I'd never been there. I recognized a, a gray facade building on my left hand, and the right, uh, on my right hand, a black facade building, you know, marble. Uh, early morning, bright sunlight, and I was excited. I said, Lord, I have always wanted to come to Sydney, and I started heading for the door. He said, no, that's your lesson. Go back. Well, when I turned around, the only door I saw was a bathroom door. I thought, okay, he told, he gave me an instruction, go back, so there's only one door that I see, and I came through a door, so by faith, I stepped through the door, and I was back in my office. Well, as you can imagine, I didn't say anything for a very long time about that, because I'm a, I'm an individual that I need scripture and I need word. Experiences are wonderful, but I need foundational things, and a lot of that's in the book. And so this has progressed and progressed, and um, it gets more exciting and greater adventure every day as God continues to add line upon line and precept upon precept. And Here's what I want your audience to understand. This doesn't belong to one individual. If you're born again, it belongs to anybody. In this case now, again, I've heard a lot of different things, and I'd like to ask your perspective on this, is that when this happens in a lot of cases, people say it's God prompted, and we see that in Scripture as well. But does it get to a point where you can start doing stuff like this on command, so to speak? Excellent question. There's something about maturity in Christ the Church has neglected to understand. I'll give this to you. I'm writing my book on this right now. The word name in Scripture, in every instance but two in Old Covenant, and every instance but one in the New Covenant, is character, honor, and authority in the Old, and character and authority in the New. So when Scripture says something like, where two or more of you are gathered together in my name, he's saying, where two or more of you are gathered together in Christ-like character, there am I in the midst. Because we both know you can go into churches where Ichabod, the presence of God is left, and there's no presence of God, and there's there's nothing there that shows it's God. His character's not there. But they use the name as if it's a formula. Mm. The church has done this. So as I studied that, and as I've been studying that, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my character, Christ-like character, I'll give it to you. Why? Because you won't consume it upon your lust. It's got to be the foundation of character. 
And again, I can go, you, you just study the word. Every time you see the word name, put character, honor, and authority. And it will change your life. For instance, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So at the character of Christ in your life, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Now that'll change everything in your walk with God, especially when you're dealing with healing. Because if you come in the character of Christ, if you study scripture, when Jesus stepped into the picture, demons would cry out. Mm -hmm. We don't see that too often in our day, do we? Not a lot, no. But with the character of Christ in us, that happens. We're seeing it happen. So here's the underlying foundation. There comes a time in your walk in the Lord where you have matured to a place of character, whatever God deems is necessary in the individual's life, we can't judge one another, that he trusts you to make certain decisions. Now, I can say this also about about Jesus. He only did what the Father told him to do or what he saw the Father doing. To me, that is so foundational and basic, there's times I, I forget to mention it. So we must be led of the Spirit. That being said, we can exercise our faith for this, but we're under authority. And so if I make a choice to do this, knowing I'm under authority and I must be led of the Spirit, then obviously when I do it, it's by the leading of the Spirit. And I hope I didn't muddy the water. No, it's... <laughs> but wow. me, it's, when you've got that, when you've got the foundation of character, your Father in Heaven trusts you or can entrust you with a greater measure of authority because Christ-like character always brings Christ-like authority. But Jesus still remained under authority. He only did what he heard and saw. In your book, you had a great quote. It said, remember what you focus on, you will connect with. And once connection comes, activation takes place. So now, when we hear these cool things about operating in the glory and, and healing and transport and all these different things, A lot of times we hear about the cool things, but we don't always hear about how we do this because it's kind of so open-ended. If people want to start activating, start doing this, or just start connecting and getting engaged, what would they do in a case like this? For instance, I'm sitting in the couch in my quiet time and I want to start doing something like this. What do I do? Good question. In anything in life, if you want to become proficient, then there's a number of uh, steps or ingredients that take place. Number one, You want to understand. So when I speak of understanding here, I'm talking about we want scriptural foundation truth. So this is in the Word. So according to covenant, now that I understand the Word on this issue and understand its truth, then I can, my next step is understand, wait a minute, so this belongs to me. Therefore, the third thing is now I can begin to activate my faith for this. Father, you know respect your persons. Your word is true. I know this belongs to me, and so I desire this. And I begin to, 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 to press into that. And here's what I mean by press in. I make sure I get the promise in front of me. So I get the scriptures, and I look at them, and I meditate on them, and I, I let it build in my spirit. Then I begin to activate seeing myself walking in this, and that's very important. You know, when... When Dave, King David said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I would not look at a woman to lust after her, the question needs to be asked, what eyes are you talking about? 
your natural eyes or your spiritual eyes or both. Because, see, most of the time, the eyes we're looking with might start in the natural, but then our imagination, our spiritual eyes begin to see this over and over until it becomes reality to us. Jesus said if a man looks at a woman to lust after, he's already done that. So there's a, there's a place of understanding the sanctified imagination. So when I see myself taking the Word of God and, use, and, and applying it to my life, I see myself doing what the Word says. That's the next level. So I, I would sit there and I would just pray and, and ask God to, to breathe life and revelation in what I've got. And I would see myself stepping from one place to another for the purpose of bringing the, the, the revelation of Jesus or preaching or healing or doing whatever. I just see myself doing this time and again. And then after a, a, a time of this, this was so built into me, it becomes natural for me to think that the first response to me is, okay, we've got to go to Germany in a month. The first thing I see is, okay, we're just going to step over there and begin to minister. The next step, the, the secondary is, well, I guess we better buy an airplane ticket. See, I, so I've put the spirit in the preeminent position and the natural in the secondary position where it belongs. So that's the next thing. After that, as I continue to worship God in this with an expectant heart, something shifts. Because see, what you said, what you focus on, that's what I've been focusing on. I, I'm getting the word in, I'm meditating, I'm, I'm believing God, I'm, I'm studying the word, I'm worshiping him. All of us, I'm focused on that. Then an activation takes place. The activation is the fullness of that revelation comes, and then I walk in it. So what you focus on, you connect with. That's I missed a step. Excuse me. The connection comes. That's the activation of the revelation, and then um, and then the activation comes. And that's the process I've taken in anything God's shown me, and it's been amazing. Do you feel that when people are doing this or maybe expecting these kind of experiences, do you think that fear is a factor that holds them back from this? Very much. Um, you know, every instance of fear I've heard, I've, I've, I've seen people begin this process and something begins to take place and immediately the fear comes and it stops. You see, fear is the antithesis of faith. Fear has power as faith has power. Not as much power, mind you, but it, it is faith in reverse. So people say, well, God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. But I think there's some measure of truth in that. But I believe when fear enters in, we're, we're putting more faith in the natural than in the spirit. Hmm. But that's the process each one of us has to overcome in our own lives. So I, there's no judgment in that. I've had to overcome that. And you've had to overcome that. Everybody does. Yeah, but it's a process of developing to such an extent in relationship with God that you tr trust him more than the natural. You, you are immersed in him and the natural doesn't hold you like it used to. That's what he's developed in us. And things that I have seen, and I know for healing specifically, because that's kind of where we're, you know, we focus a lot on, is that certain things in the beginning didn't really budge that much. But as we did it more and more, we got, I guess, better at it, more faith and whatever, and now things happen all the time. Um, it seems to me that everything in the kingdom is a progression. You know, starts as the mustard seed, grows up into the tree, so on and so forth. And I would imagine that these activations, these things, and this growth, every single instance of it has to be more of a growth than anything else. Because I, I guess you haven't seen any, like, does this happen instantly in, in any cases for people? Or is it just, do people always just have to start somewhere and just grow out of there? Or does both happen? The Lord operates in each individual life individually. So 
I've seen people go, oh, okay, and boom, they've got it and they're off and running. Others have to plod and press and, you know, battle through. I call it the battlegrounds, the mind, not the, not the enemy out there. So we're all in a different place, but the, the consistent threat is God is faithful and true. So it might come easy to some and tougher to others, but you know what? Keep going. Keep going. I'm almost convinced, and, you know, I've got no biblical foundational basis that I've found yet for this, but people that, and we can see it in the natural in some things, if it's so easy for people to get, they don't honor or respect it as much as those who have to pay a price to get it. Nice. That's, that's wow, what a good so, point. So practice makes proficient. And so, just like you said in, in, in praying for people, you, you didn't quit because the first one didn't seem to work right. Mm-hmm. Practice made proficient. You kept going, you kept going, and pretty soon it begins to flow, and it, and it begins to flow better. And so, you know, that's the same with anything in, in, in the spirit realm. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up specifically for you know, the listener's benefit is that, and again, just healing specifically, people say that I'm, I'm doing this and I'm not seeing a lot of results, and I just want to make sure to encourage people that, yes, you can do this. It's just in some cases it takes longer or, you know, there's just a, a different pattern of growth that happens. So so thank you for uh, for touching upon that as well. And if people would like to find your books and materials, learn more about you, maybe come hear you speak somewhere, where can people track you down? Well, you can go to our website, stillwatersinternationalministries.com. Uh, you can go to Amazon con, Amazon.com, get our books, e-books even, um, our schedule is usually up on our website uh, where we're going to be. And uh, a lot of free materials and teachings they can download about this, among other things. But uh, yeah. And listeners, at any time, too, if you want to uh, contact us, it's uh, dominionfirechurch at gmail.com if you want to uh, track down Bruce Allen as well, and we'll make sure you get in touch. And um, as we are getting ready to close up here today, uh, again, I want to thank you so much. This has been such a great show and episode. The final thoughts that you would like to leave the audience with as far as maybe stepping into this realm or learning about it, what 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 would be your final say on this? I, I would like to tell the people it's time for us to abandon ourselves to the reality of God and not, not come hesitantly into the kingdom, but wholeheartedly into the kingdom. If you're like me, I, I like scripture for everything that I I confess or profess about Christ, then be a Berean. Study the Word. And don't take anything anybody tells you just because they say it and they, they have an experience. Go to the Word, but but let's don't hesitate anymore to believe God is God and we're not. Let's let's embrace the supernatural because He is a supernatural God. And this isn't the purview of one individual or a group of select individuals. Anybody who will, anybody who believes can walk in these realms of glory. And so I want to encourage people, if you're born again, you have a destiny in God, and he's given every one of us the same tools that we can acquire by faith. So go for it. 